Talking Giants presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And the Giants have hired Joe Shane to be the next general manager. To tear this thing up and build it back up. Justin, this was our guy from, uh, you know, from the start of this GM search. He was the guy that me and you both landed as number one. But I'm just excited for the Giants right now. Because, you know, I was talking to you pre-show. And I said, you know, for a guy that I wanted as my guy, I'm not like fist pumping you know and the reason why is not because i'm really happy about joe shane it's because the giants did this the right way and then the guys they landed on i would have been thrilled with any of them so even if the giants didn't get my guy they could have gotten adam peters ryan poles or Ed, uh, joe hortiz i don't have to screw up his name anymore huh. so um i i think i'm just like happy and i was i was pre-happy for this moment because i knew whatever they landed at least it would have been done the right way and it seems like the giants are on the beginning. Now, <laughs> the hire happens and everything starts now. But on episode 400, we are excited about the Giants' vision. Whoa! Episode 400. Here we go. I tweeted out at 11.43 a.m. It's so selfish that the Giants are taking their time with an important decision that will shape the future of the franchise. 11.44 a.m., Joe Shane is announced. <laughs> so, I mean, really, Bobby, I- I'm with you now. I'm a little bit more excited because... There was a Google Doc that I I wrote I wrote up I written up I wrote up I wrote up like before Christmas in like the middle of December when I I got a little tip from a little birdie that the Giants are very interested in Joe Shane so I did my eight pages of notes on Joe Shane in the middle of December so I'm a little bit more happy because I figured that it this was going to be Joe Shane but also at the same time. This is a sound process. The way that the Giants went about their business, like you mentioned at the top, this was a good, sound process about how they went about hiring this general manager. I do think the fact that it took so long on this Friday morning and it wasn't a part of the maybe 11.15, 9.15, 10.30, whatever time you usually put out news, why it wasn't maybe announced earlier is because I do think Adam Peters maybe made like a little bit of a last-minute run and maybe you know he impressed them uh Uh, A little bit more than Giants ownership and Giants brass was expecting, but I'm excited. Today is a good day. Joe Shane, I think, is very qualified. I think he is the most qualified. Some people may disagree, but we also don't know a lot about these GM candidates, but still, Joe Shane is very, very, very exciting. Today is a good day to be a Giants fan. Yeah, and I think why we both landed on Joe Shane is because he's the best all around. And before we get into why he's best all around in his resume, the best all around listeners for Talking Giants, they're patrons. We got new ones since since we recorded last night. Jack wow. Barnum and, and William Swanson. That means those guys probably listened to our tight end review talking about Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph this morning and joined. Justin, who are they? Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. $2 a month plus some other tiers. You got a lot of benefits. Bobby sends you some stuff through the mail. Stickers, magnets. 
You have access to shirt raffles, free shirt raffles throughout the month, and you also get to hang out with us live as we record the show. I'll do the shirt raffles for this month right after this podcast. Whoa. And you get to hang out with us as we record big episodes like this. You don't want to miss our head coach search episodes. You don't want to miss when the head coach is fired. Patreon.com slash Giants. Let's let's not get our head coach fired. Did I say fired? I think it did. I'm so used to saying that everybody's being fired. I have to get used to more optimism. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Thank to our patrons. Bobby, let's talk some Joe Shane. Joe Shane, let's just talk about the the you know, the the bear resume. Joe Shane Bills he's been the Bills assistant GM. He's 42 years old. Since 2017, uh he's been with the Bills and Brandon Bean in that role, working as his right-hand man. Truly those guys really work together. How did he start out? Well, he started with the Car- Carolina Panthers. He was a 2001 scouting assistant and then moved up to a 2002 uh, combine scout. And then from 03 to 07, he was an area scout. And in that time, he worked with Brandon Bean. And he must have left a really nice mark on Brandon Bean. Because then he went to the Miami Dolphins with Bill Parcells. You guys ever heard of him? And Jeff Ireland was their national scout from 08 to 2012. An assistant college director from uh, 2013. And then was uh, moved up to the director of player personnel from 2014 to 16. And then uh, Brandon Bean brought on the Buffalo after that. And Justin, before we go into each individual part of, of Joe Shane, is the fact that like this guy... The last time he had worked with Brandon Bean was as an area scout, which is obviously, you know, every position is important in a front office, but you know, you're not working with a, you know, like the GM hand in hand area scout. And that was with seven years, the seven years they didn't work together and were able to keep a good enough relationship and be like, this is the guy I want to try and turn this really bad Buffalo Bills franchise around. That's who I'm getting. Not someone who I've worked with in the last seven years. I'm going back to that guy. I'm going back to Joe Shane because he's young. He's bright. And he knows how to do. He he knows how to work a franchise. Yeah, yeah. And him and Brandon Bean had to rework the Buffalo Bills franchise from the you know from the bot from the bottom to the top and build it all the way up. And and there's a really good quote about that. You know what? I'll just say it right now. I'll just say it right now. A lot of Joe Shane's background is the personnel. So watching film, pro college draft prospects, free agency, the waiver wire. That's a majority of my day. But when we got to the Bills, we had to hire a scouting staff. We didn't have an analytics department. We didn't have a scouting system. So early on, Brandon and I did a lot of that together. And then they have a grading scale that goes from like 7.0 was a first rounder. So Bobby, the most enticing thing about Joe Shane, and this isn't to say that any any of the other candidates didn't do this or didn't help do this for their own franchise and their own teams. But what entices me the most about Joe Shane is... He had to. He was part of a process that built an operation from the ground up. What do the Giants need to do right now? They need to get people out of the building. They need to get Chris Pettit out of the building. They need to get all these scouts that think the same way as Steven Verderosa, and you see how kind of dumb he is online sometimes. All these guys that think like that, that have been in the building for 20, 30 years, and that are in the building because of the nepotism, Joe Shane... If he does have that carte blanche, like people are saying that the new GM will have, if he has that freedom, Joe Shane needs to get these guys out of the building. And the Buffalo Bills, they have the pedigree and they have the experience of they didn't have anything when Brandon Bean and Joe Shane came to town. And that is what entices me the most about Joe Shane. He has the experience to do it. He has the pedigree that he's done it in the past. He's helped to do it. Let's do it with the Giants. And new GMs don't necessarily always come in and just like, all right, this is my new scouting department. So I'm not expecting every scout for the Giants to be fired and just a whole new office in there. Like that is something that does take some time, especially when, you know, you the, the draft is a year-long process and the process 
you know, is 75% done. Um, so, but it's like Shane having that willingness to like, Hey, no, we need to bring some guys in. I know they haven't been in our, our database for the last nine months and putting scouting reports in for us for the last nine months. And I don't think you can bring those, you know, computers over with you. Uh, but it's like, that is really important for the giants. Cause like you said, these guys, there's everyone who covers the giants who knows, uh, you know, works, you know, with people who know the giants is that like, Guys never leave that that building, you know, and it's time for guys to leave that building. And someone even told me a Bill Belichick quote, like talking about the Giants. He's like, those guys go through coaches, but everyone else in that building <laughs> never changes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the main thing with Joe Shane, you know, on, on my mind as well. There's more to being a GM than just being a talent evaluator. And that was the trepidation with Adam Peters. Now, don't get me wrong. I have my trepidations with Joe Shane. And the main trepidations is, well, Adam Peters looked more like the the real guy behind the scenes with San Francisco. How really involved is is Joe Shane? And we have some quotes saying that Joe Shane, he did he handled a lot of the things that he did not want put on Brandon Bean's desk, where you know he did handle a lot of the scouts and he was very, very involved in a lot of the more minor things in the organization because Brandon Bean is already a busy guy. So that's the trepidation with Joe Shane is how much of it is Brandon Bean's show and then how much of it does he actually do. But Adam Peters, sure, you're a really good talent evaluator. Sure, you can point to this guy in the San Francisco 49ers building like George Kittle, you know, Trey Lance really pushed for Trey Lance. You can point to these guys in the building that apparently Adam Peters was very responsible for. But there's way more, as Dave Gettleman taught us, there's way more to being a general manager than just being a talent evaluator. It's managing cap. You know, how are you going to advise Kevin Abrams to manage the cap space? How are you going to lead your scouting department to give you the proper information? The GM isn't the one giving all the information, you know, about these about these uh, prospects. So there's more to being a GM than just a talent evaluator. And I think Joe Shane is the guy to lead the organization in that kind of way. And it's about working with people, which Gettleman yes. struggled with. Um, and I, I don't want to bet Gettleman as the bar because, you know, most people will, will be above will be above that. Hopefully. But, yeah. you know, so he has that background in scouting. But, like, something that he's talked about is their phrase in Buffalo, our board. Like, we don't change anything on that board without it being a collaborative decision. And if we have a disagreement, we'll go and watch tape together on the same player, which is something I, I think that watching tape together, like, really – is valuable, I, I do think, because you get an extra set of eyes. You're looking at different things. You're like, well, hey, I know you're falling in love with this trait, but let's talk about this negative trait. So that type of thing, and working with everyone in the building, and that's why I do think uh, Joe Shane is going to value bringing in his own people because he doesn't want any backstabbing. You know, and that's something that's been happening a lot for the Giants organization, um, especially the last six years as coaching staffs they went through. A lot of backstabbing in the building. So hopefully, like, just on a day-to-day work basis – like that, some of that stuff can go away with Joe Shane bringing some of his guys in, because with the Giants keeping so many people, and I know this rant is not what I was supposed to plan on going, but with the Giants keeping so many people in the building for so long, there's a lot of I'm trying to save my job type of guy. Yeah, and he's like, oh, here comes the new coaching staff. You know, like we'll work with them. You know, and there's uh, there was backstabbing to Joe Judge, a lot of backstabbing to Joe Judge. There was backstabbing to Pat Shermer, and then even you know Mayor backstabbed. Uh, recent, recent McAdoo, when they agreed on a QB plan in the backlash, you know, they, they threw it through, you know, uh, you know, threw them away rightfully so, but still, so just getting that work, that working relationship with guys. And again, having that trust, having that trust through the draft, through free agency, uh, 
And again, back like he has a background of scouting. Even though, if there is one thing that you can nitpick at the Bills is that since the Josh Allen draft, the drafts haven't been all world, which is which is definitely fair. And I think on on the start of next week's episode, we might go through their draft classes. But they've been good draft classes. They just haven't been like otherworldly draft classes. Right. Right. So here's a direct quote when you're talking about the our board quote. Here's the full context of the quote. We can argue, we can disagree. I'm guessing that, you know, this is in terms of his relationship with Brandon Bean and if they disagree on a player and how they evaluate a player and with the whole scouting department. We'll come to a common ground at some point, whether it's like, hey, let's go put on the film together. This is what I saw this way, or this is what you saw. Or I don't agree with this decision because my experiences say X, Y, Z. Or when I was here, it worked because of this, 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 and so on. And then we'll eventually, we've got to come to a conclusion. And when we do walk out, where you're still great friends. So that's also part of it too. He's a consensus builder too in the draft. He says, it's not my board. It's our board. We don't ever move a guy up or down on the board unless all the scouts are in town. And if I'm remembering that Tyler Dunn article correctly, I thought that was a criticism that some of these, you know, sour former scouts of the Giants had about the, about Dave Gettleman is that, you know, there were certain decisions that were made about, hey, is Daniel Jones the guy? I don't know what we're necessarily going to be doing at pick number six in the 2019 draft. So it seems like Brandon Bean's philosophy kind of stuck with Joe Shane about, it's not my board, it's our board. We don't ever move a guy up or down on the board unless all the scouts are in town. You're muted, Bobby. And hopefully we can get the guys in the building with Joe Shane that way you can have that trust to be able to do those things. Because I actually, like the Giants have rats in the building who love to gossip. You know, there's a reason why things, you know, like they were, people were complaining about the Giants uh, in 2020 when Judge came in, like not telling the scouts who the picks were going to be ahead of time. It's like, yeah, there's a reason for that because there's rats in this building. People who I mean, love to talk and gossip. So hopefully we can get the right people in who you can make make that fully collaborative without worrying about you know losing losing information out to the public or or to other teams. Because even even that it's like we hear rumors of of stuff uh, from like you know Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter. They're not talking to those guys directly all the time. Sometimes they're talking to you know their buddy who's a scout for the Detroit Lions or something. What are your? Because I mean I mentioned my trepidations. What are your main trepidations, if you have any right now on your brain about, about Shane? I want to hear and I want to maybe react to it. The, the drafts have been good, not great since Josh Allen. Okay. That's really, that's really it. That's, what, that's why, um, you know, and they haven't. Now, their O-line is pretty good. Like, they have a good O-line in Buffalo. Deion Dawkins is a good player. They picked up Spencer Brown this last year. But, and maybe it's because of what they have, they haven't went like all out, like let's build an offensive line. But again, they still have a pretty good offensive line in Buffalo too. Yeah, so that'll be a good exercise when we look at the draft classes. Uh, but also, do you? let's talk about this critique that people have given Joe Shane. And that is exactly the Josh Allen. Oh, the presence of Josh Allen makes the Bills a lot better. And without Josh Allen, what is the Bills roster? Which I don't think that's a valid critique of Joe Shane. No, because getting a quarterback is like, that's a, that's a, that's a part, a plus. Like they went and got Josh Allen. Wasn't a slam dunk pick. You know, and Joe Shane was very involved in the trading up for that. Like Joe Shane, by the way, is the one who, 
who did the trade with the Bucks. You know, Brandon Bean has a, a conversation on the on uh, Chris Collinsworth's podcast where he's talking about he was working the Colts, he was working um, the Broncos for the trade, and had Joe Shane working the the teams lower than that. So when the Colts said like, "Now nah, we're staying put, we're taking Quentin Nelson," he goes, "Okay, well it's time to look at the other ones." And Joe Shane's like, "I got this lined up with the Bucks. Let's do it. Let's move up. We got Josh Allen." So getting quarterback, that's the most important thing. So yes. the fact that they got quarterback right, that is that is a plus. Where I actually view that quarterback as a negative for Adam Peters because he was bragging about how they traded up and they ignored what the what the trade board says, um, the value board said on Paxton Lynch, you know, sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo and and Trey Lance as a two, as a TBD, um, but at the same time he didn't come in and and just totally overwhelm them to start him over Jimmy Garoppolo, you know. Whereas you know people say what well, without the QB and like okay, what is Adam Peters without Kyle Shanahan then? Yeah. type of thing like there's always got to be you always got to work with great people to be great you know so yeah, yeah. It, it, can joe shane be a failure absolutely but i i love him as a hire now again like i said we love the we love hiring joe shane we're gonna hear his vision in his press conference and i'm sure we're gonna love that I'm, I'm i'm absolutely sure of it but putting action in in there is what does it so if they go get a quarterback whether this draft or, or next a lot of Joe Shane's success depends on if they got that quarterback right, which is the hardest thing to do in all of sports, is to get the quarterback position right. Why so was he, Dave Gettleman not fired at the end of 2019? Yeah, because they thought they got a, the quarterback right. Uh, you know, so it's... Uh, and he backstabbed Pat Sherman and got out in front of it to save his job. Yes. Uh, so, but yeah, that's, and he knows how to work John Mayer. But anyways, long story, like, yes, getting the quarterback right, but that's like... That's like on the top of the Giants' priority list. You know, whether, again, and I'm totally okay with if they don't love someone in this draft, going rolling with J- D- Daniel Jones next year as a cheap stopgap. I wouldn't be okay with trading for, you know, a Jimmy G or or even like some. Anyways. I get- agree. I think they had to do that with um, Tyrod Taylor and, and company in 2017. And then Josh Allen came in 2018, correct? Yes, yes, yes. So... Like I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Like, don't draft a QB just because uh, you view QB as a knee. Um, so you want to talk my, about another? You want to talk my about my worry another... though with that, and I know we should maybe talk about this at a different time. Is actually you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to do it. Save it. Save it. My keep worry this, would be Daniel Jones just being pretty good next year. You know. And then doing enough to earn the franchise tag, and yeah, and kind of being in that QB limbo. Um, but anyways, that's a conversation for another date. And again, I don't we think that even... would. I don't. I don't really. I really can't see a world where, where that would happen. So, so here's well, actually, a world. It, you know what? I don't think it would. That would put them in help because no one, no, this GM head coach didn't sign, didn't pick up Daniel Jones. Correct. So they don't have that, 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 that. You know, like, hey, this is my guy type of thing. So the yeah, only world mind, that's not my issue. I want Daniel Jones to play well next year if he's the QB. Yes, uh, I I want any any root for the guys in blue, right? The only thing, the only way that that would concern me is if the Giants this year do not continue to accumulate draft capital, and then Daniel Jones has like a solid a solid good year. That would be the only, if they continue to accumulate draft capital this year, and the Giants go out they win football games where it's enough to be at the back half of the top 10 of the NFL draft or, or behind that. 
you accumulate draft capital, you can trade up to the quarterback that you want. That is my blueprint. Early, early, early look into Justin's brain about how the I want the Giants to attack the draft. I'm kind of set on one of these first round draft, one of these first round picks kind of need to trade back if it's available so you can accumulate the draft capital to possibly trade up and get a quarterback. Because and right now we're discussing first world NFL problems. Let's talk about our, our Giants third world problems right now. Yes. Anyways. So let's, I want to, I want to bring up a quote that I talked about in my video. And I think that we talked about Joe Shane during the preview pod the about, yeah, the whole versatility. Okay, that's point. what I want to talk about next too. Yeah. Cause you talked about Adam Peters and the question about Adam Peters is, is he a product of Kyle Shanahan's really clear vision? So here is what Joe Shane had to say in terms of the working relationship with the coach and also the coordinators in terms of the approach to scouting. Coach Parcells told me one time, coaches are going to come and go. So you better find out what type of players you like and go get those type of players. Because we may have success with Brian Dable and Leslie Frazier's that are coordinators in here. But if they had a certain type of player that they liked that only fit their scheme and then they leave, now you've got this player who is pigeonholed into that scheme. It's the versatility you're looking for. Like, okay, we're a press team. Well, I want corners that can play press and off. It's an, it's an organizational system with Sean and Brandon being at the top, and then you know the communication is great within our building in terms of what we're looking for, and it helps us as scouts when guys hit the road, hey, we're looking for X, Y, and Z, and this is, and this is why. That might be... My favorite, like, quote from Joe Shane, because that's something like that's a like one of my football flaws. Like, obviously, you have your scheme, but get players who fit, who are good football players, not just like okay, this guy works as a tight end in this scheme, you know, um, like you know, even a Tyler Linderbaum, like he may only work in a wide zone scheme. I don't know if he can work in a, you know, not to say he he would work in a gap scheme, but he wouldn't be worth a top ten pick. I don't think in a gap scheme. So get players that are. Just good football players, you know, not just a QB for this game, not a running back for this game. Like, get good football players and players that that uh, complement each other. So that is one of my. That's the thing I love the most, and that's the thing that scared me a little about San Fran. It's like, well, how much is this going to be a result of us having to run this wide zone scheme? Now, don't get me wrong; I would love to bring in a Mike McDaniel and bring that wide zone scheme in if if that were uh, an opportunity. And we'll talk about coaching search in a, in a second. Um, but yeah, that's something I love. It's like, no, let's find players who, if we have to, if a coach goes and if our offensive coordinator goes and gets a head coaching job next year, that is going to fit with the next guy we bring in, and we could bring in, we can bring in someone who we think is the best uh, person, not someone who's going to fit what the scheme that's already in place type thing is. Yeah, the goal is for the Giants to be a good football team, and hopefully, the head coach that we hire is going to be here for a little bit. But there could be a chance where. One of the coordinators are, are are gone, right? You know, we've been talking about for two years now, oh, Patrick Graham may take a head coaching job. Patrick Graham may take a head coaching job. So you don't want to have those players that are just, you know, like Joe Shane says, pigeonholed into, into one scheme. So along with, I would say those two quotes probably sold me the most on Shane. It's the one where it's like, well, in Buffalo, we didn't have anything, and then we built it up. And then the second one is, well, you're going to have coordinators that come and go. And he also quoted Bill Parcells on that too, which I like as a Giants fan. <laughs> yes, Bill Parcells is. Anytime he, anyone just anytime anyone says Bill Parcells' name, I have to bring up that he's like a football hero of mine. And also, this was significant. I didn't get a chance to fit this in when you were talking about his background. He didn't just work with Bill Parcells, the coach. Like it's not just like, hey, you're the assistant GM or you're you're a director of player personnel. You're an area scout, and then Bill Parcells is the coach. You may not have that many conversations, but 
This was Bill Parcells, the executive. Yes. Bill Parcells, the executive, and then even after Parcells left, Dolphins didn't fire him. You know, the new GM that came in after that, after or not the, you know, the whenever the front office changed post Parcells, he stayed. Joe Shane stayed, and he actually leapfrogged a position, um, to, you know, to I think director of player personnel yeah. with the Dolphins. So working with. More of the story, working with Bill Parcells, the executive, and not the coach, where you're working alongside Bill Parcells, and Parcells saying some nice things about you, that's cool. And I think that's valuable. Um, Should we bring up that they valued, that he, they valued the Senior Bowl heavily, and we're going to be at the Senior Bowl in eight days, and that really gets me excited, and hopefully, should we ambush him? But yeah, they value the Senior Bowl, um, and they've done better job of drafting players from the Senior Bowl than the Giants have. I am going to go full on Dave Gettleman Giants where I'm going to have so much bias for our senior bowl players that we're going to watch. It's not even going to be funny. Um, Yeah, <laughs> but they, you know, they, but anyways, like they value everything, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm a big fan of the way the Buffalo Bills have done things. Um, oh, also another Another quote that he says and a, and a philosophy that he has. Now, I, I don't think this is unique to Joe Shane. I think every organization is going to say this, but actions speak louder than words because when you pick a guy like DeAndre Baker, this quality doesn't really count. But he, he is a firm believer in scouting the player. And the character of a player is lost sometimes when you do scout a football player, where who they are is people – you know, you're not just drafting a football player, you're drafting a person for this building. And you look at the case of DeAndre Baker, you know, whether you're falling asleep in meetings or you're being accused for committing, you know, armed robbery, um, you got to stay in the building for more than one year. So that's huge. And that's Free something Baker. that Joe Shane does firmly, firmly believe in. So the senior bowl is going to be huge for that. I don't exactly know if the NFL is sticking to their same protocols as they were last year, but I think the senior bowl in this COVID world is like, it the was the best. most access you got to players last year. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's the best opportunity for face to face interaction with players because I don't think the scouting combine, I don't know if they're still having those meetings like they used to the fifteen minute meetings. But I think at the Senior Bowl you get an hour, which is an Joe, hour where Joe down. Judge fell in love with Kadarius Tony. Correct. So <laughs> that's big, cool, <laughs> and we'll be there. Uh, you know, I just put two and two together. Remember we had um Dalen Hayes on. Yes, we did. And remember, he's like, he, like there's a guy from Notre Dame that I was close with that, uh, you know, we dapped up. That was Tim O'Donnell. Oh wow! It just hit me. Um, Joe Shane grew up a Notre Dame fan. Wow, how about that? G- he's give me, from the give Illinois me one more area. fun fact on Joe Shane. He grew up a Chicago. You wanted Bear to talk fan. about them, and I shut it down before show. So give us some Joe Shane fun facts. He grew up a Chicago Bear fan. I think. Uh, I Bear don't know. Am I calling? Am I calling him old by saying that he? was around and was a fan of the 85 Bears when they won Super Bowls? I don't think so. I think he was around. And also, that's not very old. Well, and I'm 30 tomorrow. He's 42. I was born in 92. So he was, he was, a, he was, it was, he was very, he was like six years old for that. Oh, so. okay. All right. But he grew up in the Chicago area. Um, and I hope he is not a fan of deep dish pizza. I hope he spits in deep dish pizza during his opening press conference and get a New York slice. Do you think... <sighs> What do you think Bruce Beck is going to ask with the first question of the press conference? <laughs> what is your yeah. message to the fans? How do you, what is your yes? The, he is a Bruce Beck is a huge. I like, love Bruce Beck so what much. Is your, yeah, he's a great guy. What what is uh 
What is your message to the fans? Yeah, I love that. We're going to kick some ass. Just take take a line right out of Dave Gellman. Uh, I will miss Dave Gellman press conferences, by the way. Um, I agree. Sh- I'm not going to be able to have fun with it anymore. We should put together some type of like like betting odds that Bill, Bruce Beck has the first question and the word fans is brought up in it. He always has the big, the first question, the big ones. All right. Um, anything else on just Joe Shane individually before we talk about some of the coaching stuff? Do you want to talk about? He has a quote about how he manages the cap. Yes, go for that. Yeah, that was something we needed to hit on. Okay. So, how does he manage cap space and free agency in general? So, here's the question that was asked to him: Do you feel a sense of pressure along with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott that comes with the huge responsibility of having nearly eighty million dollars in salary cap space? I'm guessing this is before they extended Josh Allen. Absolutely, because we're still at the beginning of this process. I personally think we've done a good job so far with laying down the foundation with some of these young, talented players and supplementing it. You talked about getting some specific players back, but he's been in places where we spent a lot of money during the offseason. You bring in guys and you're patching the holes just to get you through that year. That sounds a lot like the Giants. Well, we're trying to build something to sustain success and all, and those players that you're going to pay that type of money, everybody in the locker room is going to look around at and look at what type of player and what type of guys those are. So not only is it spending the money, but we've got to be, but we've got to be in on the right guy. We've got to be right on the talent, and it's going to be, it has to be right for our program. Free agency is a big burden, but I think we're well prepared. I think we've done our research. We've targeted our guys. We'll kind of draw draw a line in the sand with what we're comfortable on spending on certain players. And if it gets above that, et cetera, et cetera. So I think he just basically, moral of the story, the Buffalo Bills have been, I think, pretty responsible with how they've managed their cap. I don't think they've overpaid for anybody, but I think they're managing Stefan Diggs' contract right now. They're managing Josh Allen's extension. And they're somewhat low on the totem pole in terms of cap space, but their winning percentage is high, which that is something that Shane and Adam Peters did have in common. Low cap space, but high winning percentage. Giants also have low cap space, but they have a low winning percentage. We need a GM, and it's really a job requirement. We need a GM right now that can manage a roster and can build a roster with unfortunately low cap space right now. Build through the draft. Five, five, uh, uh, day one and two pick. How about that? How about that? All right, so let's do a mock draft. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read a freaking ad. That's what I'm going to do. Please do. DraftKings Sportsbook is officially live in New York State with mobile sports betting. Just I just realized that was a Saturday Night Live uh, uh, pun. It's live in New York State with mobile sports betting just in time for the football playoffs. Right now, you can place a bet from anywhere in New York with DraftKings Sportsbook. Including, so Joe Shane, you, you go from New York to New Jersey and technically still New York. To add the, uh, to the excitement, DraftKings is giving new customers a special offer that you don't want to miss. Bet just $5 on any playoff game and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. Uh, now I figured out how the ad was screwing me up. It says 280 in bold, and then it says unbold, and then free is bold, and that's what screws me up. The wait is finally over. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all DraftKings' great promotions and features, including same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from uh, the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Whenever I do what I want. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY and get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code JOHNBOY this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Must be 21 and, and physically present in New York. Gambling problem? Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to... Uh, Four six seven three six nine. They changed it. It threw you off. Must be twenty one uh, or older and physically present in New York. Gambling problem? Call eight seven seven eight Hope N Y or text Hope N Y four six seven three six nine. All right. So now we we move on to the head coaching uh, process, Justin. And it seems like the Giants are going to try and do this kind of fast. And if they want to interview some Buffalo Bills guys, which is Brian Dable, who's a lot of guys, number one, and Leslie Frazier, there's a rule that they have to get their first interview done with before this game. If the Bills, if the Bills win, they can't interview any of those, any Bills, any player, any coach who is on a team that's still in the playoffs to the Super Bowl can't be interviewed for the first time between Sunday and and the Super Bowl. So if, if they don't interview Brian Dable before Sunday... And they go to the Super Bowl. They can't interview Brian Dable until the Super Bowl's over. So I would. Exp- this is going to move fast. I mean, we know they put in a request for Dan Quinn and Brian Flores already. Uh, this is this is going to move fast. Like I can see us having a head coach by our by Tuesday. It, isn't that a stupid rule? Like if the Bills lose the AFC Championship game, no. If they you- lose, if they lose, we can talk to them. But I'm talking about if they don't. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were saying that if they win the divisional round, but they lose the AFC Championship game, you still can't talk to them after the Super Bowl. I want the Chiefs to beat the Bills fifty to forty nine, and then we then we could talk to Brian Dable and get Brian Dable in here. Yeah, fifty to forty. No, not fifty to forty nine. I want the Chiefs to win by a touchdown in overtime, and the it, and it, and the fate is just decided by a coin flip. That's Actually, what I want. No, what I want now is because. Joe Shane's the GM and he's responsible for the defense and not just Brian Dable in the offense. Sure. I want the Chiefs to have seven touchdowns, but most of them from fumble returns and some tipped up interceptions and maybe a couple special teams once. Um, and that's how they get all their points. Um, and so I don't know. I just, I don't know. I like the scenarios, but let's, let's, okay. Let's make a power ranking right now. We now, Caveat, asterisk, haven't gone full in on head coaching candidates and research yet. And I'm fine with that because I wanted to wait for the GM. And now that we know, hey, you know, now we know that we got to add Leslie Frazier and Brian Dable to the mix compared to if it was Adam Peters, then it would be the guy McDaniel from San Francisco. So now we have a better idea of names on the list, right? Power rankings for head coach. You go first. Who do we want out of, right now? Out of who? Out of, let's just say, it's Brian Dable, Leslie Frazier, Brian Flores, Dan Quinn, this is Peter Schrager, uh, four potential head coach names I would circle for Giants GM Joe Shane, and I'm also going to throw in Harbaugh. I don't view Harbaugh as real. I view him as a wild card. I don't know. There is a part of Bobby Skinner who absolutely loves Jim Harbaugh. And there's other part of Bobby Skinner who thinks Jim Harbaugh would be the biggest disaster ever. <laughs> um, 
So I, I can't even comment on Jim Harbaugh. He's like, he's 1A and 5A for me. <laughs> uh, so one is Brian Dable. One, I just lean offense anyways, and I, I like Brian Dable. I love what he's done with Buffalo. Two would be Flores. Three, Frazier. Four, Quinn. I think I would agree with that. But I don't necessarily love that list. Flores is someone I like. Um, now, he has some negatives that have come out from his head coaching time in Miami. But I also think most guys will have some negatives. It's just Flores I would like. I wouldn't be in love with it. I would like it. Frazier I need to pay. Att- I need to do more research on to give a full opinion on him. Um, Dan Quinn I wouldn't like at all. Dable I would love. I kind of don't want to do a – I know you. we literally talked about this on the – the tight end review episode that was very highly listened to that's irrelevant this morning. But I kind of just don't want the the retread coach. Shane's going to be new. The GM is going to be new. Let's tread our own path and not get the retread head coaches. I understand that there's a lot of examples in the NFL and throughout NFL history of the retread coaches working out and, and, and it being good. But I kind of want – I want to embrace the newness. That's what I want. And Flores also does scare me because we need to – we really need to sort through the – what happened in Miami and whether it's pro-Tua people that are trying to cover their ass or it's pro-Miami owner people trying to put out stuff. Because if there were personality kind of issues with Brian Flores in terms of how he – did not get along with certain people in the building. And if he actually did tell Tua that we should have taken Mac Jones, uh, I don't know. The Giants already have a lot of big ego people in the building that would not like Brian Flores and the energy that he puts out. But again, we need to we need to ensure if that's true or not. Flores is Joe Judge with less people skills and more defensive prowess. And if you don't like... Joe Judge's conservatism on fourth down in terms of not going for it, then Brian Flores is actually worse. And that's tough to imagine, but he is worse. So if you if, don't like that, then yikes. If we're the Chicago Bears, I'd probably be a lot more excited about Brian Flores. But if we didn't just fire Joe Judge, it – I don't know. It's just – it'd be a weird move to go from Joe Judge to, to uh, Brian Flores. Is I would agree. It's almost like a lateral move. Yeah, and if and if suppose if Joe Judge was wearing thin on you know players like, guess what? You just got, you just got Joe Judge with less people skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great take. Um, so I also think Gable could keep Patrick Graham around. They work Have, together. They did work together. I know Flores. It was I mean Flores and Graham definitely did work together. But Dable and uh, Graham did work together. Yeah, in New England, Dable was a uh, tight ends coach while. Uh, Graham was, you know, doing linebackers and D line. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, so I, you know, when Joe Judge was fired, I kind of was like, I just don't see it happening at all. But now that it's like the dust settles, and I'm sure emotions from Patrick Graham and and the Giants settle down, I can see a path to Patrick Graham being back. He's still that, under contract. Yeah, but not really though. Yeah. Like it's not going to be a case of like Patrick Graham wants to go somewhere else, and they're like, sorry, no, you're under contract. There's one guy that you want the Giants to interview. Can yeah, I hear a little bit more na- like, about him? Like, why does Mike McDaniel have to leave the list? Uh, if, if you know, now that Adam Peters is in the GM. Kevin O'Connell with the Rams. I mean, Rams OCs, guys who've worked under McVay, have been pretty damn good since they own the NFC right now. 
Um, and oh, by the way, the Bengals have uh, Zach Taylor. So uh, a, a guy like that. And there's and there's other, again, I haven't went deep into it, but those are just names out there. It's like, there's some really bright young offensive minds out there. Let's let's not be afraid to go get them. And if we're looking at Dan Quinn and and these guys, why not why not give Vic Fangio a look? Like get him in right here with the right OC. Like, uh, you know, it could work. And and here's to your point to retreads. I'm going to go through something. Let's go through Super Bowl champions. Last year, Bruce Arians retread. Year before that, Andy Reid retread. Year before that, Bill Belichick retread. Year before that, Eagles Peterson. Nope, but guess what? He kind of sucks. Um, he'll be a retread eventually. Year before that, Patriots retread. Belichick. Year before that, Broncos. Uh, Gary Kubiak retread. Patriot. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'll just say Patriots retread. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Pete Carroll retread. Baltimore Ravens. John, uh, John Harbaugh new. Tom Coughlin retread. Mike McCarthy new. Sean Payton new. Mike Tomlin new. Tom Coughlin. Re- so basically, what I'm saying is that don't be afraid of hiring someone because they haven't done it before. Yeah. The only caveat that I say with uh, Arians and Belichick is that it's Brady. Oh, Brian Dable <laughs> is Josh Allen. Brian Dable is Josh Allen. Okay. Yeah, he only he's only good because of Josh Allen. You caught me red-handed. Caught me. Someone says Arians wasn't fired from his first job, to be fair, but I think that could have been a very mutual let's go our own ways type thing because the Cardinals yeah. weren't good that year. Um, you know what gets me most excited about Dable? I love crossing routes. I'm not much of a scheme guy, but really getting into the Giants in 2019 in terms of I got into my own podcast, Bleeding Blue, and every single week – just seeing teams run crossing patterns, crossing patterns, crossing patterns, and the Giants' defense in 2019 were the second worst team in the National Football League in terms of allowing the most explosive plays, which is not a spot you want to be in, and that's what Patrick Graham is very good at, not allowing the explosive plays, but just teams every single week, crossing route, crossing route, crossing route, crossing route, over the middle of the field, Antoine Bethea is late, safeties are late, rotating, single high, blah, blah, blah. Brian Dable, that's like what he runs. Now, Josh Allen has the arm strength to deliver the ball at from any platform and pretty much any angle that he wants. And he has the strength to drive that football to those defenders that are running 15, 20 yards down the field on those crossers. But I love crossing routes. And if you want to play, which giants they've people, teams play a lot of man coverage against the giants for the last two years under this Garrett offense. And we never really took advantage of running those crossing routes. That's how you beat man coverage. And our offensive line is going to be better to be able to beat those, uh, those type of coverages. So, all right. Um, again, we'll get more into the head coaching stuff on our next episode. Uh, do, do you have anything? I mean, I'm, I'm just happy we uh, we got Joe Shane. I don't think it's fully hit me yet. No. Today's a good day. Today is a really good day to be a Giants fan. I think today is a day to get excited. Um, you know, not necessarily that we have the, the signs and we have the answers as to how the team can get better. But uh, for one day, for one day, I'm going to say, Credit to John Mara, credit to whoever helped him do this uh, this GM search, conduct this GM search, whoever was in his ear, whatever league connections that he has, he listened to him. He listened to those league connections, and they took their time with this process. They took their time, they interviewed their candidates, um, and they made, I think, a sound decision. And they did something that I think was uncomfortable for them. This clearly had to be very, very uncomfortable for them to do, to... 
interview these people, to talk to these people that were outside the building. So you want to know what? For right now, I give him credit. Give the GM the power to make the decisions. Give the GM the power to tear it down, build it back up if that's what he wants to do. Because that's what the Giants need. It's now on you. You made the hire. It's now on you to give him the power that he deserves and that he needs to get this thing right. All right, before we go, let me check Twitter noties to see any breaking news that has happened. Noties. Oh, guess what? The Panthers hired Ben McAdoo as their offensive coordinator. No way. You're not You're not trolling me, are you? Are you trolling me? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I don't believe you. Look at the chat. You're, you're, all right, I'll, I'll, all right, I'll, I'll believe you. It's true. I can't ben believe that. McAdoo. Who did that Joe Shane meme? Uh, Julian. Julian texted me a bunch of them. He made he put Joe Shane's head on a religious figure, so I sent it to Snacks since I figured you wouldn't like that. Was it the Pope? It was the Pope. Yeah, no, it was not the Pope. I think it was like Jesus Christos. Oh yeah, no, we're not doing that. You know, not 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 doing that. Um, that's funny. All right. Uh, good good job, ben. Matt Rule, man. You are you are. I'm actually else. disappointed. I'm actually disappointed because. If Kellen Moore leaves Dallas, then I thought Ben McAdoo would get the interview for offense coordinator for the, for the Cowboys. That's what I thought would happen, and then that would be really fun. It sucks that we don't. I don't think the Falcons finished last in that division, so we won't play the Panthers next year. Yes. All right, that's an episode. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back Monday, maybe Tuesday. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go big blue.